online, Lord. And Lord, together we thank you for your incredible goodness, for your faithfulness. And Lord, we just recognize again this morning our need of you. And pray, Lord God, you'd speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We, uh, we started a teaching series which seemed to be appropriate for this month. Uh, we started last Sunday, which we called Five for 25. And we're taking five words that seem particularly applicable to our journey as a church and are really quite relevant to us all in life. So last week we talked about uncertainty, which was how this whole thing began. There was no guarantee of anything. So I talked about uncertainty. This Sunday, I want to talk about flexibility. I've got this idea that basically the human race divides into two segments, all right? Despite what's happening in the world currently, we all know they divide into male, female, man, woman. That's the lot, but we won't go into that. Um, here's, but here's, here's, here's the thing. There are people who are pioneers by nature. They want to explore fresh things. They want to try something different. They want to push forward. And then there are people who are settlers by nature. Let's just settle down and make everything cozy and nice. It was quite a number of years ago that my wife came up with the startling revelation to me. She said, you know what? It's quite interesting that we're married. Yeah, some of you heard that as well, right? All right, so there we go. Because she said, because I'm a settler and you're a pioneer. And she's right. She's right. I mean, when we got married, uh, you know, just after we got married, we moved to the northeast of England. Said we're going up the northeast of England. I've been invited to pastor a church and I started pastoring. And we were there for two years and the way it was in that denomination back then was, you know, you, you kind of moved on to another church. So two years after being there, I moved to pastor another church. And then after four years there, I said, we're going to go up to the, a remote corner of the northeast of Scotland. She said, okay. <laughs> and then after we'd been there for 15 years, I said, I really feel God wants us to go to the United States of America. I mean, God bless the woman who's a settler, right? <laughs> right? And, 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 and if you think us coming here was kind of, you know, oh yeah, you did settle. It's like, you haven't been with us for the last 25 years, obviously. There's been a lot of movement in the last 25 years. But I do want to say this to, today. I could not have done any of that in all these years of ministry unless she had not been 100% with me, alongside me, and supporting me. And, and for many, many of those years, very, very hands-on, actively involved. Our life together has been church. And uh, I just want to acknowledge on our anniversary that we would not be where we are today as a church, and I wouldn't be where I was without Jill alongside of me. That's absolutely secure. Yeah. 
flexibility. All right, what, what do the following have in common? Let me finish before you answer, all right? What do the following have in common? The Inn at Medford, the Best Western Hotel, the Crystal Swan, Mediterranean, Mediterranean Manor, Patchogue Medford High School, Patchogue Theatre, Island 16 Movie Theatre, Shorefront Park, Holiday Inn at MacArthur, United Artists Movie Theatre in Patchogue, Regal Cinemas, Island Cinemas Mastic, 28A Industrial Boulevard. We've been in all of them. Yeah, we've been in all of them. Yeah, if you've, if you've joined us in the last few years, you come here for, for us to get together and worship Sunday mornings. But the reality is that through those years, we have actually had Sunday services in 13 different locations. I used to say, if you can find us, you can join us. <laughs> so we could actually only have smart people in our church because you had to be able to find us. I, I want to ask something today. If, if you were, our, our first just about four years was spent either in the Inn at Medford with a couple of other variations or the Crystal Swan. If you were with us in, if you joined us at that time in, in you know, the Crystal Swan or earlier, just stand for a moment, would you please? If you started with us in the Crystal Swan or before... Just stay standing, if you would. Just stay standing. Because here's the thing, all right? Number one, these people must be old. I just... Oh. <laughs> no, no, here's, no here's, the, here's what I want... Here's, a, here's what I want to point out to you in all seriousness. Everybody else, just look at these folks and recognize this church was built on a foundation that they helped to lay. We would not be here today without these people. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Incredible faithfulness, consistency, sacrifice over so many years, which is incredibly appreciated. Flexibility, not just in locations where we worship, but in so many other things has been the way in which we've approached the life of our church. There's an interesting story in the book of Acts about flexibility with, with the Apostle Paul. Uh, Paul was someone who took the gospel right around the Mediterranean area. He had a number of um, long, significant missionary journeys where he established a lot of churches. And Paul and his companions came to a point on their second major missionary journey, where it says this in Acts chapter 16 and verse 6, their plan was to turn west into Asia province, but the Holy Spirit blocked that route. So they went to Mysia and tried to go north to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them go there either. Flexibility. There's, there's, could we take a look at the map, G, please? So, so, so this is a, this is a brief geography lesson of the Middle East in New Testament times, okay? So down in the bottom right-hand corner, you've got Jerusalem where they started the missionary journey, 
and, and they went up towards Antioch, and at that point, uh, Barnabas and John Mark left them, and they went over to Cyprus. Uh, Paul, Silas, and other companions uh, went on around till, till they spent some time right kind of in the middle of the map in Lycia and Pamphylia. And then Paul says, we wanted to go to Asia, which is a little right near the top in the middle. And that's not Asia, the continent as we know it. That is the Roman province of Asia. He says, we wanted next to go to Asia, but the Holy Spirit stopped them. So he said, if we couldn't go to Asia, we thought, okay, what we'll do now is, 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 is we'll, we'll go over to Mysia and try going to Bithynia. But he said, the Spirit of Jesus stopped us from going there. And this story just reminds me of a very basic thing about life. Sometimes God closes doors. Sometimes God closes doors. We have no idea how the Holy Spirit blocked Paul. No idea. Sometimes God speaks to us inwardly. Other times he might speak to us through another person or through his word or through events where we recognize it's God that's closing the door. But here's, what, here's, here's how it describes Jesus in Revelation 3 and verse 7. It says, Jesus is the one who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens. Sometimes, I don't know where this might be relevant to some of you right now, this morning, but I believe it is. And you need to recognize that sometimes God closes doors in our lives. And with that in mind, let me make this statement. We will never get far if we try to push at a door that God's closed. Because He's the one who shuts and no one opens. The, the thing is, for most of us, we've got our idea how life should work out, where it should go, where we want it to be, how we want it to, how we want it to be, right? How many of you now, your life is exactly where you thought it would be 30 years ago? <laughs> Dear Lord. Right? How many of you, you sit here today and say, but I'm blessed? Amen. Interesting, right? Didn't go the way we planned, but we are still here. I'm blessed because God has the plan for our lives. You know, sometimes we might think that a door leads to all that we ever wanted, but what God knows is God knows it would actually lead to disaster. And whether that's true for some of you this morning, perhaps in terms of a relationship that's ended, or maybe a situation at work, or maybe something you've been looking for, that door has closed, or whatever it may be, Recognize this, that if you commit your life to Christ, God is the one who is control of your life, and God is leading, God is guiding, and God is making the way for you. And sometimes God will put a roadblock in the way if He doesn't want you pursuing a certain direction, however good that might seem to you at the time. There, there's, a, there's a tremendous... <laughs> phrase in 1 Timothy 1.7, where it refers to God this way, the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. 
Or in simple English, God's God. And we're not. Right? He is the only wise God. God knows. God knows. In the, um, in the spring of, uh, oh man, probably 2003, we, ha- we had started renting Patchogue Medford High School for our Sunday services. Uh, we used the auditorium there. They did not want us there. So it was, a, it was really uncomfortable being there. And then they told us if school was out, we could not use the building. So when they came to spring break, school was off for a week, but we had two Sundays we couldn't, we couldn't use the school. So we had to find alternate accommodation. And uh, sorry, it wasn't spring break, it was Easter. So Easter, right? Easter's big in churches, right? Yeah, there's a good reason for it, right? So, so Easter's like probably the biggest Sunday of the year, and we got nowhere to have church on the biggest Sunday of the year. So I'm scratching around trying to find what buildings might be available or suitable, and then I have this idea to try. I knew they had just recently finished renovating the theater on Main Street in Patchogue, and so I applied for us to use the Patchogue Theater for our Easter Sunday service, and they agreed. And uh, we had a fabulous Easter Sunday service. I remember, I can picture it. It was one of those rare times when Easter lived up to what you expect. The sun was shining. It was warm. It was beautiful. It was like an Easter morning in every aspect. The theater was packed. We had a fantastic Sunday morning in the movie theater. And, And I'm looking around and thinking, wow, this would be a good place for us regularly. So the day after, I go down to the village hall in Patchogue. And I go to the counter, and the lady says, how can I help you? I said, I want to know how I'd go about applying to use the Patchogue Theater for our church on Sunday mornings regularly. And there was a guy just walking behind her, and he slowed down, and he said to me, it's not available to you, and you can't afford it. So I said, excuse me, because I don't know who you are. So, but let me just point out, you don't know who I am either. And you've got no idea what I can and can't afford for that matter. So I'm making a legitimate inquiry here. So then he came over and said, there are a lot of things planned for the theater. It would not be available on a regular basis. And so, fine, the next day I wrote, I wrote a letter and um, just laid out how discourteous I'd been treated. I found out it was the mayor of Patchogue, actually. Uh, <laughs> not the current one. All right, not the current one, but it was the mayor of Patchogue. But, but I was ticked off and I was disappointed because that would have been such a great location, I thought. Now, there were a million ways in which it wasn't great. We had no room for children's ministry. There were a bunch of other things, but I was taken away aback by, you know, this fantastic place, let's do this. And I was really disappointed. You know what came out of that when they ultimately kicked us out of Pat Med High School. What came out of that was we moved eventually into the United Artists Movie Theater. Used to be the, used to be the drive-in movie theater off Sunrise Highway in Patchogue, right? We moved in there and we did, sur- and you know what happened there? We kind of took on this movie theater identity, which worked for us. That building was ideal. 
it worked in so many ways. It had a full stage, had a huge storage room behind that we were able to use to store all of our stuff. It was absolutely an ideal place to be. Here's the thing. If we'd got the Patchog Theater, ultimately, we'd have settled for a space that looked pretty, but it wouldn't work for us. But what happened was that door closed, and when that door closed, another door opened up into something that worked really well for us. Sometimes God closes doors because he is the only wise God. He knows. He knows. And what we know and need never, must never forget, and so many of you will know this verse well, but we must never forget it. Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Man, get a hold of that today, some of you. If you're going through a difficult time in life, just remind yourself, God says he's got plans for me. And, and God's plans for me mean that they're going to be good. And God's not going to harm me. God's going to give me a hope. And God's going to give me a future. Those are the plans that God has got for every one of us. Listen, God is honored when his people are blessed, right? If God's people are downtrodden and sad and discouraged and miserable, how does that reflect on their God? Not too good. But when God's people are living a life with a future and with a hope, and with God's peace in their hearts, and God's joy evident in their lives, you know something that reflects upon the one that we belong to. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Paul tried to go to Asia. He tried to go to Bithynia, but God had something else in mind. And I just want to remind you today, sometimes God does close doors. Don't try kicking them down. Just take a breath. Flexibility is the key. But let's look look at the next part of that story with Paul and Silas. And, and, And let me say this. But when God prompts, move. When God prompts you, make a move. So here they were, they, they, they had a couple of ideas in mind that didn't work out. Then here's what it says in Acts 16 and verse 9. That night, Paul had a dream. A Macedonian stood on the far shore and called across the sea, come over to Macedonia and help us. The dream gave Paul his map. He went to work at once, getting, we went to work at once getting things ready to cross over to Macedonia. All the pieces had come together. We knew now for sure that God had called us to preach the good news to the Europeans. Gee, let's take a look at the map again, okay? So here's here's Paul up here, all right, following in your mind kind of the blue line and arrows. So, So here he is up here, and then he says he hears or sees in a vision someone from Macedonia. So go up to the top left-hand corner of your map to Macedonia, which was in Greece, which was part of Europe, and, and see the ocean in between, and that Macedonia's way over there. It was a lot easier to go from Pisidia up to Asia than it is to go from there 
right the way over to Macedonia, but that's what God had in mind for him. Talk about flexibility. You know what? It's always more comfortable to stick with what's familiar, isn't it? See, and all the settlers said amen then. Did you notice that? <laughs> but it is. It's all, you know, just to settle with what we know. But, but here's the bottom line. Our own comfort should not be the only factor that guards our decision, that guides our decisions. Sometimes God will lead us into situations and to actions that were not remotely in our thinking. Paul wasn't in the slightest thinking about going over to Macedonia and into Europe. And it was a huge undertaking. Sometimes God will ask us to step into things that seem to be beyond our capabilities. And, and I want to tell you, if, if there's one thing I've learned from the 25 years of our church's history, it's this, folks. Take risks. Do stuff you don't think you can pull off. Because when you do stuff you don't think you can pull off, guess where that leaves you? That leaves you depending on God. And sometimes I think God just sits on the bench and says, you know, can I get in the game sometime? No, we got this. It's okay. Because we like to keep our lives within our control. And God's on the bench. Take risks. Bet the farm. Not literally. But, but, but really step out and into things that are bigger than you. I'm not doing as much traveling at the moment as I've done through most of my years of ministry, but I, I got very much accustomed to, to traveling and to making travel arrangements, and, and it was dead easy. It was, it was fine. The, in fact, the year, where are we, 2019 when I had my heart attack, I was due to speak in, in September of that year at a conference in Milan, Italy. October, I was speaking in the UK, and November, I was speaking in India. And, and all those things were booked and planned and paid for, and thank God I got refunded. Um, but it's a lot of travel. But I got used, it's dead easy nowadays, isn't it? Kayak.com or whatever you want, you know. Book my flight, great. Hotels.com, book a place to stay. It's all done. It's all taken care of in a matter of minutes. It's wonderful. Come over to Macedonia. Great, be right there tomorrow, first flight. <laughs> Wasn't happening that way. Getting to Macedonia was a huge undertaking for Paul and the group who traveled with him. It was very complicated. You know, sometimes God will ask us to do hard things. Don't avoid the hard things. Sometimes God will ask us to do strange things. I, when I was thinking about this and preparing this message, I, I couldn't help but think about a time in the life of the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel. And God told Ezekiel to take a brick and draw a picture of the city of Jerusalem on it. And then make a model of an army besieging the city of Jerusalem. And then he told him to take a skillet and lie on the ground. Is it weird enough yet for you? Take a skillet and lie on the ground and put the skillet between you and your model of Jerusalem under siege and lay on your left side for 390 days. 
dear Lord, I kind of lie on the same side all night, you know? It's like, oh, oh, I need to move. My leg's killing me. It's right. For 390 days. And when he'd done that for 390 days, God said, now turn over to the other side for 390 days. Sometimes God tells us, thank God, Ezekiel was an exception, all right? He was one of the major prophets in the Bible, and I'm not anticipating that you would be asked to lay on your left side in the parking lot for the next year and change, okay? But, 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 but here's the thing. Sometimes God does prompt us to do things that seem a little bit unusual. Hey, one thing that was bizarre about the, 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 the invitation to come over to Macedonia was the fact that Macedonia was in Europe. Paul would be taking the gospel to places where it had never been preached before. Most of his ministry had been amongst Jewish people, Jewish people scattered in other areas, but, but never, never into Europe. So God wanted him to do something he'd never done. And, and let me just remind you, and in whatever context this might be relevant to you, that if you want to see things you've never seen before, you've got to do things you never did before. I'll say that again, it's good. If you want to see things you never saw before, you've got to do things that you never did before. This church was established on the fact we want to be different, we've got to be different, because for a lot of people, church as it is, does not cut it. For a lot of people, it does, and that's good. But there are a lot of people on Long Island who are totally unchurched and who are unattracted to church. So if we want a different result, we've got to do things differently. And so we've done things some folks never saw before. Some folks then didn't feel comfortable with us, and that's fine. That's okay. I'd like everybody to love me, but you don't have to. But thank you for those of you that are still working at it. <laughs> I'd like everybody to love our church, but they won't. And, and that's okay. That's okay. But the fact is, if we wanted different results, we had to do things differently. When God prompted them, they moved. At once, they got ready to go. If God closes a door, has closed a door, just listen for God to give you some direction somehow. And then let me mention this third thing, which is an important part of this whole concept. Look for God's hidden purpose. Because God doesn't just do things to make us miserable. God doesn't just do things to make us happy. Some of you can argue with me about that after service if you want, but what God does is he does things so that his plans come to fruition because that's what really matters. When you're not sure why things have taken a turn that you did not expect, that does not mean God has lost control, lost interest in you, or is punishing you. It means he's got a plan for the next stage in your life which is different than you anticipated. Psalm 139, verse 16. You saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. God's working to a plan in your life and mine. And when the plan seems to have gone off track, it hasn't. It hasn't. Because God's working, 
God's moving, and his plans for us are good, that are prosperous and not to harm us. God's going to bring the end result that will glorify him and be a blessing to you. So they, get, so they go over to Macedonia. So here they are in Macedonia. They come to the city of Philippi. It's the Sabbath. Paul would usually go to a synagogue, and he would, he would worship in the synagogue, and then he'd see if he could connect with some people there and talk to them about Jesus. The only thing was, in Philippi, there weren't any synagogues. There weren't many Jewish people. But some of the, Jew, some of the Jewish people who were there would, would go down to the riverbanks and meet to pray together on the Sabbath. So in Acts 16, it says this, On the Sabbath day, we left the city and went down along the river where we had heard there was to be a prayer meeting. We took our place with the women who had gathered there and talked with them. One woman, Lydia, was from Thyatira and a dealer in expensive textiles, known to be a God-fearing woman. As she listened with intensity to what was being said, the master gave her a trusting heart, and she believed. So, so I want you to get this picture. Paul is map again, G, please. This guy's earning his money today. Uh, so, 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 so here's Paul doing really well here, you know, around Pamphylia, Lycia, doing really, really well there, thinking, where could I go next? And God directs him from right here across the Aegean Sea into a continent he'd never been to, to a country he'd never been to, to a place he didn't know because there was one woman there that God wanted to find Jesus. Can you get the weight of that? Lydia was there, hungry, searching for God. How would she find God unless somebody told her? So what does God do? He redirects the Apostle Paul and all his friends who were with him, who were having incredible results, planting churches all over the place. And God says, stop what you're doing. I want you to go to Macedonia. What was so big about Macedonia? Lydia. Lydia. What a huge reminder to us of how God values every individual, every single one of us. And then there's this whole follow-on of events after that, that, that um, you know what it means when a preacher looks at his watch? <laughs> Nothing. So, 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 so then, there, but then, then there's this huge thing. So, so she becomes a believer and is baptized. So are the folks who, who work for her in her household, and, and they all get baptized. And then there's a point where there's a there's, there's a young woman who who used to tell people's fortunes, and um, she she keeps coming along every day by where Paul is and says says to people, these are the servants of the Most High God. These are the servants of the Most High God. You've got to listen to them. You've got to listen to them. Now, here's, here's one thing none of us needs. We don't need weird people to advocate our church. Right? If normal people do, it's better, right? Right? 
And, and Paul got sick of hearing this, so Paul one day turns on her and says, and says to the, 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 the evil spirit that is directing her, leave her alone and lose her. And she was freed from that. Now, what that meant is she couldn't tell people's fortunes anymore. Don't get carried away by that con trick, by the way. There are two sources that fortune telling comes from. One, one is from careful manipulation of an individual, or the other one is it's demonic. You don't need God to tell your fortune. God told you your fortune right here. So she can't do that. So the people who were making money out of her fortune telling were very angry. They got Paul thrown in jail. So Paul and Silas are in prison. They're thrown in jail, and they're right in the heart of the jail, and they're, they're, their chains are put on them. They are put, their feet are put in stocks, and, 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 and this is where they're at. And, and it's like, uh, excuse me, God, what happened here? It's like, come over to Macedonia. I'm here in Macedonia. It all started well, but now it's gone south. Never draw conclusions when the story's only just beginning. God hadn't done yet. At midnight, Paul and Silas were singing praises to God. And as they sang praises to God, the prison doors flew open. And the chains fell off them and all of the prisoners. The guard was taking a nap. The earthquake that there was woke him up. And when he woke up, he saw all the doors were open, and he thought, the prisoners are gone. And, 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 and he thinks, I'm go I'm, they're, they're going to kill me now because I let all the prisoners go. So he takes his own sword and is about to kill himself when Paul says, hey, don't hurt yourself. We're all here. And the guard comes into where Paul and Silas are, and he says this to them. What do I have to do to be saved? Amen. And he gives his life to Jesus Christ. And that, in the middle of the night, he gets baptized, and so do all his family. Are you getting the picture that I got from this? That God took Paul and Silas from the middle of very successful activity in Asia Minor. And God said, hey, over to Macedonia. And you know what there was in Macedonia? There wasn't a huge crowd. There was a woman who was looking to know God better. There was a jailer who needed to find faith in Jesus. And God was so interested in the one that he turned events to make sure that they found Jesus. Just like God was so interested in you and me that he channeled events in our lives so that we would come to faith. Just like maybe for some of you here this morning, God brought you to this place this Sunday for one reason. He wanted you to find real faith in Jesus, peace with God, and the gift of eternal life. So, four years into being in the Patchog movie theater, uh, we got the news that it had been bought by a developer and was closing. So since we were pretty good now at doing church and movie theaters, I looked around and we ended up in Regal Cinemas on Portion Road in Ronkonkoma. 
We were starting there the Sunday after Labor Day. And Labor Day weekend in Ronkonkoma, they always have a big street fair on Hawkins Avenue. And what we had done was we set up a tent and stuff. Some of you remember this. On Hawkins Avenue, we had flyers to give out about the start of the new church. We gave out balloons with the church name on to kids who were going by. We had a fabulous day. It was a beautiful summer day there. And we had a fabulous afternoon. Crowds of people going up and down the street. And, and then I, I was kind of, you know, wandering around seeing what was what, talking to people. And, and then one of our ladies who'd been giving out flyers pointed someone out to me and said, I just had a really good conversation with that lady. She said that she's going to come to church next Sunday. And, and I kind of just took note. And, and a, a couple of times during the week, I prayed for her. And for those of you who are ever with us in Regal or you've ever watched a movie in Regal Cinemas, in Ronkonkoma, in the main theater, the big theater, right? You've, you've, got, you've got the floor level with a number of rows. It's all changed now. And then you went into the stadium seating up and all the way back, right? And, and you know, worship was going on. I was there facing, obviously, the stage, the band. And, and, then, and then I came up to preach. So now I'm seeing everybody. And in the front row middle of the stadium seating was that lady. And she came to faith in Christ. And Debbie's been part of our church ever since. And you know what? You know what? If we hadn't moved from Patchogue, right? If we'd never been at the street fair announcing we were coming to Ronkonkoma, it would never have happened. We wouldn't have met her. But God had a far bigger plan. He closed the door to the movie theater in Patchogue. He opened a different door in Ronkonkoma. And the first one who found Christ there was someone we met right from the beginning. God's interested in individuals, in you. Never forget that. And if you're here this morning and don't really know the Lord, Seriously, this is a serious question. Why do you think you're here? Why do you think? It's Sunday. Why do you think you're here? Could it be that God's drawn you here because he's asking you to open your heart to him and really let him be your Lord and Savior? Let's pray together. And in these moments as we pray, I just want to pray for those of you for whom perhaps a door is closed, something is changing in life just now, and you're coping with the uncertainty and maybe the fear, the anxiety. And I want to pray you'll find God's peace today as you put your hand in His hand and say, God, I'm going to trust you. And for those of you that haven't yet come to faith in Christ, I want to pray with you and for you that today will be the day that you open your heart to Jesus. Say, God, I want to know you. Please come into my life. Father, thank you that you care about every one of us individually. That the one is important to you, like Lydia, like the jailer, like Debbie, like everyone in this building, everyone watching online. 
We all matter to you. God, I pray you'll strengthen those that are battling with unfamiliar circumstances right now. Lord, help them to find fresh faith and strength in you and in your promises. And God, I pray for those who don't know you yet that today might be the day when they just open their heart to you. Say, God, please come into my life. In Jesus' name, amen.